This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, February 25th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The president's record on free trade did not get off to a good start, and it's in danger of stagnating completely. So says Dan Pearson, a senior fellow in trade policy studies at the Cato Institute. Pearson previously served for 10 years on the U.S. International Trade Commission. I'm concerned that it's it's more likely than not that this administration won't be able to accomplish anything more in trade liberalization. I, I'm, I doubt that they'll be able to get the negotiating authority. I think the Trans-Pacific Partnership is uh, not likely to be concluded and the same with the uh, tr- Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership with the, with the European Union. Um, the reason for this is that the president ran in 2008 as a protectionist, you know, uh, opposed er, in saying that he would renegotiate the NAFTA. Uh, and a lot of his supporters liked that uh, argument. Uh, then he didn't do anything in his first term except to allow the three agreements to go forward on uh, Panama, Colombia, and Korea. Um, but now that he's put some effort into negotiating the Trans-Pacific Partnership, but but he's not he's not built any constituency on the Democratic side of the legis- ledger that that is willing to support it, uh, and he, just recently we've had both the majority leader of the Senate, uh, Senator Reid, and the ranking Democrat in the House of Representatives. Uh, Minority Leader Pelosi come out in opposition to trade promotion authority. If you don't, and plus many members of Congress have written to the White House saying, "Don't do this." It's a huge lift for this administration to turn that tide and to say, "No, no, no!" Despite all these concerns that we're hearing from members of Congress, from organized labor, from environmental groups. we are going to move forward with this. I mean, I confess, I was very active in trade debates in the 1990s when we went through the NAFTA and the Uruguay round. And then the the Clinton administration also had gotten a weak start on trade. Uh, Clinton ran not supporting the NAFTA, which was then in negotiation. Um, but yet he ended up and endorsing it, making a few modifications and and, and moving it forward. He had a team that was really committed to this. He had Lloyd Benson, former senator from Texas, as as, um, Treasury Secretary, who very much wanted the NAFTA. He brought in Mickey Cantor, uh, who had been a labor lawyer, to be his trade representative. So uh, Cantor understood intimately the politics of organized labor. Uh, he had Al Gore as vice president who was willing to sit down on public TV and argue with Ross Perot over the merits of NAFTA, whether there would be a giant sucking sound. Uh, I just don't see a similar cast of characters in place in this administration with the heft, the understanding, and the willingness to take on these issues. And support for free trade is not universal on the GOP side either. Oh, that's true. Although it's not clear to me to what extent that's because there are some protectionist Republicans, because clearly there are, and to what extent it relates to lack of trust in this White House to actually 
use any authority given to them in a constructive way. If that's where we are, where should we be? What 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 should free traders be doing to to get us to freer okay. trade? So first, let let me say that in my heart, I really hope that that the administration can right the ship and and move forward. Okay, it's my head that's telling me they can't get there from here. Okay. Um, w- I think that supporters of free trade should should take a hard-headed view of, of the situation. Uh, not all is lost if this administration can't get anything done to, to move toward liberalization. There will be a new administration in 2017. My sense is that whether it's a Democratic or Republican administration, it probably will be better attuned to liberalization than the current administration. And I say that because if it if Hillary Clinton becomes president, she went through all this in the 90s. She understands these issues. Uh, and I, I think she would do a better job than the current crew. Um, on the Republican side, I certainly expect that uh, anyone would. Uh, the, there's work that needs to be done between now and then, though. It's a matter of going back and kind of laying a foundation uh, to explain to people why trade liberalization uh, makes sense. And so much of it has to do with opportunity. I mean, as as citizens, we want the opportunity to buy and sell from whoever, whomever we wish. Americans would be terribly offended if those who lived in Virginia were suddenly told, no, you can't buy a product from Maryland. You've got to buy a product that came from Virginia. And yet that's that type of restriction is what trade policy has put in place over time. And, and so trade liberalization is trying to open up the world so that buyers in all countries can have, an ac- have access to a wider variety uh, of goods and services and can find products at prices and of qualities that they like. I ask this every time uh, I talk about trade and it seems that the best policy for people is a unilateral disarmament with respect to trade and simply declaring, hey, we, you trade with us freely. As a technical matter, we're not all that far away from it. If you look at countries that are more open than the United States, you'd look at Singapore and Hong Kong probably. Uh, but they, they have somewhat more open trade regimes than, than we do. But the United States, by engaging actively in all of the, the negotiations under the General Agreement on Tariffs and Trade from 1947 or whenever it started until now, has really opened up its economy well above average for nations in the world. So the remaining restrictions we have are important to certain sectors, but they are not that big a deal in the broad scheme of things. So the United States could tomorrow unilaterally end all of its import restrictions and uh, the world would not end. It would be a big transition for certain sectors, but for the country as a whole, there'd kind of be a shrug and life would go on and it it wouldn't make much difference. Now, that's the technical side of it. The political side of it, of course, is very different because all of the constituencies that have sought trade limitations and have them in place will be very unhappy with that. And uh, uh, at the moment, the Washington's decision-making process seems unable to cope with that sort of resistance. 
Dan Pearson is a senior fellow in trade policy studies at the Cato Institute. He previously served 10 years on the U.S. International Trade Commission. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.